0: Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Carolina Hurricanes edition. We are joined by Brian LeBlanc of Canes Country. Brian, how are you?
1: Hello, Kelly. How are you?
0: Great, thank you. So All it's right. been little over a month since the Carolina Hurricanes and the Flyers last played a game. They had a couple of games back in November when the Flyers were actually good. So it's going to be interesting to see how this matchup works out. But what's been going on for the Canes over the last month or so?
1: Well, it's been very similar to what you guys have gone through uh, with the exception that our trip to Canada went a lot better than your trip to, uh, out west um, the hurricanes had a really good road trip uh, out to Western Canada that ended in Colorado when they came back from being down one nothing with like four minutes left to win three to one so that was kind of the that was kind of the high point of the road trip on the last day of the trip and then ever since that it's kind of been treading water they've had some moments where they look like they've been trying to turn the corner um, and then they've had some real clunkers uh, like the game on Sunday against the lightning where they just never got out of first gear. They were down two nothing before the first TV timeout and just, you know, they scored a goal, but that was really about the extent of it to the, to the uh, point that the guy who was covering the game for us, Brett, uh, texted me at one point and said, yeah, I already have shutout written in the headline of the story. Uh, This was at the second intermission. So just to kind of give you an idea of how well things were going on Sunday. Um, It's, it's been a frustrating few weeks for the hurricanes, I think, because it seems like a lot of things that were working earlier in the season aren't now. And I wonder if it's just the league trying, you know, maybe catching up a little bit to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just kind of, you know, the chess game that goes on every year where, you know, someone figures you out. So you have to put a new wrinkle in to, you know, to keep everyone on, on their toes. Um, you know, it's, they're, they're going to be fine. I mean, I, I have no doubt they're going to be fine. This is still a good team. That's just going through a rough patch right now. And, you know, unfortunately, it comes in the middle of a seven-game homestand when you really want to be hitting your stride. And unfortunately, they've laid two eggs in the last two games against uh, Washington. Well, I guess you can't say they have laid an egg against Washington. That was a pretty good back-and-forth game, but no question, they laid one against Tampa on Sunday. So they've got some uh, they've got some work uh, come out, cut out for them uh, against the Flyers. That uh, you know they've had trouble against Metro Division teams, and so that's something they're really focusing on. And you know, this is going to be a really interesting game and a really uh it's, it's going to show, you know, what it's going to be a good example of what they need to do going forward uh, as we head toward the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And these games are super important, right? Because apart from Washington, that's kind of like miles ahead of everyone else in the division. It's a, a lot of mushy middle in the Metro. Yeah,
1: very much. Season. so. so
0: it's it kind of remains to be seen where everyone's going to end up, because, I mean, realistically, if you go from Columbus in sixth to Pittsburgh in second, it's from 46 points to 55 points over the course of the next couple of months. That could all just get jumbled
1: up completely. So who knows what's going to happen? But, yeah, and what's, um, and what's frustrating about the Hurricanes is that they're really bad against the Metro. They've only won, mm. I think, three games this year against the, against the division. I mean, it's by far the worst mark in the division. I think if—I'm uh, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so don't kill me if it's wrong. I think they've only taken seven points out of— 11 games in the metro this year that sounds right to me um and it's it's bad i mean it's it's really bad they can't beat the rangers to save their lives um you know and they haven't faced the penguins yet they they play the penguins four times after the trade deadline
0: what in the world
1: explain that to you yeah
0: that oh yikes yeah (laughs) yeah they're
1: they're, um they're they're done with pretty much everyone in the atlantic now uh, you know, they've got the occasional oddball game against the against the West. And then pretty much everything else they have is against the Metro the rest of the way. It's <laughs> a really, really kooky schedule. Yeah. Um, the fl- and yeah, the and, Flyers and, schedule
0: is tough down the stretch, too. But I don't think it's that bad. No.
1: That I, and cool. and th- what's what's dumb is that the so they're done with the Capitals as of next Monday. The 13th is the last regular season game against the Caps this year. They've played three times in the span of about two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. So they're done with the Caps then they have another month plus before they see the penguins for the first time this year i mean it's it's bonkers
0: that is super bonkers and speaking of bonkers um there's been a lot of chatter over the last couple of days that justin williams might be coming back to you guys do you think that's actually gonna happen
1: (laughs) there's been a lot of chatter for like the last six months that justin williams is coming back
0: yeah but now it's been like oh he's got a contract like verbally well, agree to
1: like I've been well, seeing like
0: kind of like more definite things
1: he's running he's running the Mike Fisher timeline from a couple of years ago where yeah. you know he made the announcement right around the all-star game that he was coming back give him a couple weeks to get back in the groove of practice and then you know then go from there and he basically functions as a trade deadline pickup I think that's where they're going with Williams um it, everything I hear is that he's likely to come back um but nothing is for sure yet and frankly the biggest problem they have isn't necessarily where he fits on their cap. It's where he fits on the roster because, right. you know, the team as a, as a whole has really been playing pretty well. And, you know, Justin Williams is exactly a month older than me. And I'm really looking forward to him coming back. If for no other reason that I will no longer be older than everyone in the locker room. <laughs> and that, that is very important to me. Um, but he's, you know, I don't think you can really count on him for, you know, what equates to a 50 point season, like what he put up last year when he scored 22, 23 goals, um, you know, at, at, at his age, and I mean, I, I believe me, I feel very strange saying at his age, I don't know if he can do that when I'm <laughs> the same age as him. Um, it, but, you know, hockey is a young man's game and the Hurricanes are a young team and they really seem to have kind of hit their stride. You know, the the speed bumps over the last few weeks, notwithstanding, this has still been a really good team and offensively they've been able to do pretty much anything they wanted defensively has been a little bit shakier than I think everybody anticipated. And so maybe Williams will help out there, but you know, I don't see him signing a contract with Carolina or with anyone else. If he's not promised a decent bit of ice time, I just don't see him skating seven minutes a night, you know, because he's Justin Williams and he's earned more than that. And, you know, it's not like you're, you know, you know, just going to drop Zach Ronaldo on the fourth line or something like that. It's, you know, is he going to be a power play guy? Probably. He's probably not going to kill penalties. But who do you bump out of the lineup? I mean, I, I realize to an extent it's insurance for if and when Eric Hall goes back out of the lineup. And he's been kind of touchy this year coming back from the knee surgery and, you know, the reconstruction he had last year. Mm-hmm. Um and so I can understand it from an insurance point of view, but you're not signing Justin Williams to be a healthy scratch and a fill in when someone gets hurt. So right. I there there are definitely some some flags up about where he fits on this roster that I'm not really sure they can they have the answers for right now. Maybe as we get closer to the trade deadline we'll have a better idea if some pieces start moving around, but yeah, I think I think he's going to come back, but I think it's you know this is going to be a tough test for Rod Brindamore trying to fit him in a lineup that for the most part has been pretty set for the last two or three months.
0: So you brought up how offensively talented the Hurricanes are, and I think that that's when I think of the Hurricanes, that's kind of what I think of um, over the last couple of seasons is just how many fun guys to watch there are on this team. Um, but Sebastian Aho has recently been kind of like remarkably hot as far as goal scoring goes. What's yeah. been making him so good recently? Well,
1: it's it's, it's kind of a, a weird connection he has with Tevo Teravine and where they just both know where each other is on the ice at all times. It's, it's really impressive to see. And, you know, he's – Sebastian's a notorious slow starter, and he was mm-hmm. again this year. Uh, he went, you know, the first three, four weeks of the season, you know, not doing a whole lot. And then he just took off. And ever since then, I mean, he's been he's on like a 50 goal pace or something close to it. Um, you know, it's and and it helps that he's got, you know, who might be the, the best playmaking wing in the Eastern Conference, you know, on on his wing. And, you know, Tavo has really been the straw that stirs the drink here all season. Nobody really gives him all that much respect uh, as, mm-hmm. as far as being a playmaker. But, you know. The the ultimate playmaker from wing that I can think of in the NHL is probably Blake Wheeler, um, maybe a little more physical than Turbo. But I mean, man, as far as as far as production and just having that sixth sense of knowing where guys are on the ice, there's no one like him. And it's really impressive. And he's been as much a part of Aho getting going as Aho himself has been. Um, he didn't have a great game. Aho didn't against uh, Washington, took two relatively dumb penalties in the second period and just wasn't quite himself but everybody's do a bad game every once in a while um where they've really shown that was on the penalty kill and i think it's just a stroke of genius by Moore to use them as their main penalty killing unit someone posted on twitter on sunday i believe that their expected goals percentage while killing penalties is like 40 percent, which is just wow. remarkable i know it's That's insane pretty good yeah yeah right so, I mean, they the the Hurricanes lead the league or are tied for the league lead in shorthanded goals. Seabass uh, has four. It uh, has three. Uh, Warren Fogle has three. I mean, it's it's really impressive what they're able to do. But then all that being said, they've really been shaky on the penalty kill last week and a mm-hmm. half or so. And, you know, it's kind of coincided with a little bit of a dip from from Sebastian and that, that top line of him turbo and Nino Niederreiter. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, we've got, I'm recording this on Monday and the hurricanes practice in about an hour. And I'm wondering if Roddy might shake up the lines a little bit. He started to do that against Tampa, on Sunday. And, uh, after a couple of shifts realized that wasn't getting any better, he said, in fact, it was getting worse. And so he went (laughs) right back to the original pairings, but I kind of think that he might, he might be wondering if it's time to shake things up. Roddy's a real patient guy, uh, with the lineup and not tinkering too much. Uh, but I, I kind of wonder if we might see, um, you know, maybe we'll see someone like Ryan Dezingle up on that line who's you know yeah. been a, been pretty, pretty good and uh, does a lot of the same things as Niederreiter is, you know, drives to the net, gets himself in good places, you know, puts himself in good spots to receive passes. Uh, that might be a good fit. I don't know. We'll see where it's coming but you know ajo has absolutely earned that contract uh you know that he signed originally with montreal but was you know according to him negotiating ploy just to get it over yeah. with with hurricanes and, and get back to business and so far so good
0: yeah yeah that that offer sheet was kind of hilarious it was kind of like please match this immediately i've yeah. made it as easy as possible for you to do so <laughs> thank you very much oh yeah um so I'm going to ask you in a couple of minutes here about someone who's underrated that you think we should keep an eye on. But one of the guys that I think that you don't hear a lot about, um, but that was brought up the last time I did one of these for a Hurricanes game and who I have read a bit about here, kind of just like ahead of this little chat of ours. Um, Lucas Walmark and the fourth line seems mm-hmm. to be performing pretty well for you guys. Why do the Flyers us Flyers fans need to worry about this fourth line?
1: Well, the, the hurricanes have never really employed a fourth line in this, in the traditional sense of, you know, guys that will get six minutes a night, will go out there looking for a fight every night. That's, you know, that's never really been the hurricanes MO really what they've, when they've been successful on the fourth line, they've had guys that are, you know, physical along the boards, but not out of their minds that have a little bit of an offensive scoring touch And, you know, can get themselves into good places on the ice to make to make things happen. And Walmart, to his credit, is a one of the nicest guys in the locker room. I mean, he he never it's rare. He doesn't have a smile on his face. Uh, But he's he's also just kind of that that stereotypical Hurricanes bottom six guy. Um, It's probably a little unfair to him, honestly, that he's stuck on the fourth line. Uh, but there's nowhere else really to put him. Uh, when when Hall has been out, he's moved up seamlessly onto the third line, usually with Marty Natchez and Ryan Dezingle. Um, he plays on the power play. He was on the power play uh, for a while when Hall was out. And now that Hall is back, he's still kept his spot. So it shows you that that Rod and that Jeff Daniels, the assistant that runs the power play, um, have really have really got a lot of trust in, in Lucas and. You know, he had this run where he had, I think, a six or seven game point streak that came to an end against Washington last weekend. Um, but he's he's a really <clears throat> it's probably not fair to say he's a dangerous scorer. He's a real opportunistic scorer. And he, you know, probably deserves more credit than he's given. And, you know, that that fourth line with Jordan Martinook, who has no problem throwing the body around and uh, and Brock McGinn, Ditto, you um, is, has really been effective, and it gives Lucas a lot of chances to, you know, I don't think he's ever going to really be a scorer, but, I mean, he's a stereotypical bottom-of-six guy, and yeah. I think that the the Hurricanes really have utilized him well, despite the fact that he may not get as much ice time as maybe he deserves. I
0: mean, it's a good problem to have,
1: right? You have oh, absolutely. many. Too yeah.
0: many good players, and you can't get them all a lot of
1: minutes. But see, this is good where morning. you go back. This is where you go back to the Williams question. I mean, everybody right down to the fourth line is playing well. So you don't want to you don't want to tinker with it. So you know that's that's why that's why there's a little bit of hesitation, I think, around that because guys like Walmart have played so well in the minutes they've been given, and probably deserve more than they're getting. You don't want to really cut those even more by bringing somebody else in. There's a real balancing act that's going to have to go on.
0: So who would you say is someone that we might not have on our radar that we should keep an eye out for in this game?
1: Uh, well, I kind of gave it away a little while ago, but Tavo Taravainen probably the first guy that comes to mind. He's the Hurricanes nominee to the last man in. Actually, the second straight year he's been the Hurricanes nominee for the last man in to the All-Star Game roster. Um, and I, by absolutely deserves it um, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he's nobody really pays much attention to him just because he's so – um he's so under the radar good but his you know his sixth sense with sebastian is just incredible and he just does he does these little things that are so effective little poke checks and you know little stick taps and such you know nothing that's really going to show up on a highlight reel but it's the kind of thing that springs you on a 2 on 1 going the other way i mean he's he's effective at both ends he's um you know a, a, he's obviously very trusted um, and people don't realize, I don't think, how good he is. And oh, by the way, he's signed for $5.5 for the next five years. So, you know, the Hurricanes have a real bargain on their hands with him. Um, and I don't think, partly because of that salary, but partly because of where he plays and the spotlight being brighter on the Ajos and the Andre Svechnikovs of the world, he doesn't get the recognition that he probably deserves. And he absolutely deserves much more than he gets.
0: Yeah, when you're at practice today, could you kind of, like, put a word in to Sveshnikov that, like, if the Canes are going to score on
1: us, we'd like to see a lacrosse goal? Uh, <laughs> we, can, we can try that, although the, the Lightning shut that down. He tried it again yesterday, and Braden Coburn was having none of it. <laughs> I mean, I guess once it works
0: twice, it's like, I guess I'm just going to
1: keep doing this because well, I it's can. Go, it's going to work again. There's no question. Oh, for I sure. Think, yeah. And I mean, you know, to Andre's credit, I think he realized that the entire team was just in a clunker and he was just like, you know what? Screw it. I got nothing better to do. Yeah, I might um, have fun out there, right? Right. Exactly. No, that's – uh, that boy, that is that is really something. And, and Andre is the most – uh the most grounded superstar that I think we've probably ever had here. Um, And I think it's probably going a little bit far to call him a superstar at this point, but everybody knows who he is across the league now in large part because of, you know, how, how effective he is with that lacrosse move and to his credit, like Rod said, it's something he practices every day. And Rod, You know, you you guys more than anyone know how Rod Brindamore is and, you know, how how seriously he takes his how seriously he takes his craft and his uh, in his dedication to the game. He wouldn't stand for that if Andre wasn't, you know, practicing it, but he practices it at every single practice. So, you know, it's obvious that he wants it's not just a novelty for him. It's something that he takes really seriously. And, you know. Roddy gets it. Roddy knows that, you know, the game's about having fun and it's also about winning and it's also about making the fans happy. And, you know, a goal, a a goal move like that pretty much checks all the boxes. And the fact that he is so devoted to it, that he practices it pretty much every day, just kind of shows you just how impressive he's been and, you know, how seriously he takes it, which is music to the ears of the head coach. I can tell you that.
0: What would you say is the, the kind of the glaring weakness In the Hurricanes game right now, that if the Flyers were going to exploit something, this would be the thing that they exploited.
1: The odd thing is this year, Kelly, is that for all the for all the plot, it's about how great the Hurricanes defense has been. It's been good. And Dougie Hamilton's been outstanding uh, specifically. But there there are games where you just kind of wonder what's going on. Hamilton had a real clunker against Washington on Friday um, you know, he's, he's do one, he's been really good this season, but Jake Gardner has given them pretty much nothing. Um, you know, he's been moved up with Brett Pesci to try to get him going a little bit. And Joel Edmondson has been serviceable, but I think he might be overslotted a little bit, uh, is in, in the second pairing, because he's kind of your prototypical third pairing, you know, minutes munching, tough to play against defensemen, um, I think that the the reputation of the Hurricanes defense might outpace a little bit how how well it's played this year. Um, It's had its effective moments for sure. And Peter Mrozik has been really good, um, to be sure. But a lot of times he's had to be called in to bail out defensive mistakes, bad, you know bad pinches that lead to odd man breaks or, you know, just dumb turnovers in front of the net. I mean, you, you pretty much check all the boxes. Um Rosick gave up three goals on Sunday against Tampa, and I don't think you can call any one of them his fault um, okay. because it was just, you know, it was the same stuff that's been going wrong. Bad pinches and, you know, turnovers and passes that were, you know, not tape to tape and that kind of thing. The the Hurricanes defense generally is really good, but Jacob Slavin and Dougie Hamilton can't do it all, and they I, I think that they might paper over some of the problems you know, problems is probably too strong of a word, but some of the concerns that they have further down the lineup because you know you, you're still dealing in, with a division where you have to go up against Claude Giroux and you have to go up against Sidney Crosby and you have to go up against Artemi Panarin and um you know the Ovechkin Backstrom line. You know, you're not going to be able to get Slaven and Hamilton out against all of those lines all the time. And so they, where they really made their, made their, um, where they really made their money in the past few years is being able to go one through six and have pretty much any, maybe not the third pairing, but at least the top two go out and take care of business against those top units. And this year, Slaven and Hamilton have been really good, but, um, you know, there's kind of an eye popping stat. Hamilton, even being a minus three yesterday or, um, Sunday is a plus 28 for the season. Jake Gardner is a minus 22 on the same team. Ooh. Yeah. So something ain't right there. I mean, I yeah. realized the plus minus isn't a very good stat, but when you're using it to compare two guys on the same team and there's a difference of almost 50, something's weird. Something. Yeah. Right. right. And so, you know, that's that's something that I don't think people realize how shaky the Hurricanes defense has been beyond the Slade and Hamilton top pairing, which has been really good. But again, unless they're going to play, you know, Thomas Shabbat level minutes where they play 38 minutes a night or something <laughs> like that, it's you know, at some point they're going to they're get exposed. And I think that's part of what's been happening here over the last couple of weeks is that those bottom two pairings have started to get exposed a little bit. And now it's incumbent on the coaches to try to figure out, you know, what to tinker to make them effective again.
0: I'm glad you brought up Mirazic there, um, briefly, because I, the next thing that I wanted to touch on is the goaltending. Um, I know from stats Twitter that I'm not supposed to put any faith in save percentage anymore, that it's a bad number. But, um, you know, it's right there. And Reimers is respectable, 914. Mirazic is okay, 901. Um, are you guys confident in this pairing that they're going to be able to carry you in the playoffs or do you get a little worried about
1: these two? You know, what's, what's funny is that we're actually fairly confident, which is a place that we've rarely been over the past like 15 years or so. Um, Rosick has been, Rosick's been a really kind of a Jekyll and Hyde almost. He's been really good at home. In fact, he had a a, a personal winning streak of like eight or nine games in a row at home uh, and and reimer has been really good on the road for some reason. So it's almost okay. like every time they play uh, a road game, they're going to go with Reimer. and every time they're at home, they're going to go with Brozick. He hasn't been quite as effective, but again, like I said, a lot of that's on a lot of that's on the defense in front of him just giving up a whole lot of grade A scoring chances. And you know, you look at the, you look at the score sheet from Sunday's game, and you see that he gave up two goals on the first two shots to Tampa. And you're like, well, you know, this is terrible. He's a horrible goalie. But, you know, one of them was a turnover to Steven Stamkos in the slot, which, you know, good luck. And the other one was a redirection, you know, on a pass off the board. So neither of those you can really blame on him. And he's given up seven goals in the last three in the last two games. And really only one of those, I think you can really say, yeah, you should have had that it was one where um, I think it was the fourth capitals goal on friday he didn't have the post covered and the the puck just kind of squeezed in between the post and his skate. you know you want you want to stop something like that but you know when you're when you're talking about just bad defensive coverage in front of him he can only do so much and the guys definitely are comfortable playing in front of either of the goalies they've been they've both had really good moments uh reimer really went on a heater about a month ago where he just was unstoppable Um, and I think he's been a lot better than a lot of people thought he would be coming into the season. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're confident in the point that we got to the Eastern conference final last year with Razek and Curtis McElhinney and Reimer has been pretty much about what you got from McElhinney, maybe a little bit worse, but not, you know, we're talking margin of error type things and Razek has been fine. I don't think there's any real problems, you know, with how he's played um i think if he had a defense that was a little bit more uh with it in front of him that his numbers would be better but you know he he was hovering right around that 900 mark last year and they made it to the third round of the playoffs i don't really think anybody is all that concerned about it right now uh of the of the uh the possible things that need to be fixed at the deadline that is by far the lowest priority i think
0: yeah i think it's just that As someone who watched Peter Morozic for a very brief time do very, very kind of hilariously bad things, I just like watch him with you guys do pretty well, like you're saying, like respectable NHL goaltender. And I just like worry that at some point he's going to again forget how to turn left in his crease and just completely
1: blow it for the hurricanes. But no, that's, hopefully that's, not. That's a that's a totally fair criticism. And you know, to be to be honest, we might be overrating just league average goaltending here because we haven't had league average goaltending here in a very long time. Right. Like until yeah. last year. So, <laughs> you know, it's all it's it's all about your uh, it, it's all about your perspective on it. But as far as far as I'm concerned, you know. Could he be a little bit better? Sure, you know, but you're you're kind of picking picking nits a little bit. I don't think he I don't think he's the problem for sure, and I don't think he's been a problem. And you know, the guys love him. They they love playing in front of him for sure, and that that goes a long way to help.
0: Excellent. So the final thing I'm going to ask you to give me is a prediction for the final score in this game. Shot in the dark.
1: Okay. Uh, five to three hurricanes. I think they get Ooh. off the Schneid.
0: Okay. So I'm kind of hoping that the Flyers get off the Schneide because they are no longer on the western part of the country. Um, not home yet, so that kind of doesn't completely solve the problem because they can't really win on the road anywhere. It's just extra right. bad out west. Um, yeah. no, I,
1: under- I understand that for sure, um, but I, I, I kind of think that the, uh, the 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 last three weeks where the Hurricanes have just been kind of treading water. Like I said, they had their two they had their two losses. That means they're probably due for a win. You know, they they've had they've had decent success at home against the Flyers over the past couple of years has been really good against them. I think they probably win.
0: I'm going to make what I consider a very realistic and measured prediction. Okay. In that the Flyers play
1: (laughs) nine to seven.
0: (laughs) They play better because not only have they been losing, they've just been playing like complete ass. So I'm going to say they play better, still lose because it's a road game. I'm going to say 3-2 Hurricanes.
1: Okay. It's going to be my
0: a, res, a more respectable loss, which we've not seen in a while. They've all been terrible. Respect- so maybe, <laughs> yeah, we're going to start to climb out of the hole with a respectable loss to a good Carolina Hurricanes team. And then maybe they'll get home and start actually winning again. We'll see.
1: Hey, you never that's know. What I'm gonna, yeah, anything's, you never know, right? Anything's possible, right?
0: All right, Brian. Well, that's all I have for you. Thank you very much for hanging out with us.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I'll be glad to do it any time. So just holler.
0: Excellent. You can find Brian at Kane's Country if you want to learn a little bit about the Carolina Hurricanes. Head on over there. Check them out. They do some good stuff. Brian, thanks again. Enjoy the game.
1: You got it. Thanks, Kelly. Take care.